Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Tips, brought to you by the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast. I'm Carter McKenzie. I'm hanging out with Luke. What's going on, dude? Not much, man. Just uh, living that camper life down in Louisiana, waiting to get out of the army. That Starlink and camper life. Yeah. Starlink's fast as hell and it's awesome. The problem is, is my camper is parked in the middle of some trees and so... Satellite will hit the trees and cut out. So if I get all choppy, apologies. Well, we're both sitting here sipping our coffee. It's been a good morning for my uh, reveal trail cams that I set up recently on all the properties I'm watching. And coincidentally, you're getting your life together with your whitetail gear. You went hunting yesterday for the first time in a long time. How was that? Whitetail hunting for the first time in a long time. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. it was different. It was actually I was like sitting in the tree and I was like, it's been like two and a half, almost three years since I've hunted whitetails. Um, hadn't been in a tree in a long time. Been hunting, doing a lot of western hunting, and yeah, it definitely was different. A little nostalgic, and I was a mess, like as you can imagine, as you and I can be. I like popped open my tough box. I've got a pelican case that's got all my whitetail, my saddle, my sticks, all my shit. And it took me a minute of like staring at everything to even remember what it all was, <laughs> you know, trying to go through it all. And so I pulled everything out, sorted it all. And I forgot at the end of the last whitetail season when I actually used the saddle a lot, I had upgraded a bunch of stuff, but then just thrown it all in the tub. And so I had all these little bits and pieces and things that were like little upgrades to the gear. And I didn't even, I couldn't remember what it all was, but, uh, it was, it was good. It was good to get back in, into the whitetail woods. The one thing that I don't like about Western hunting and I love about whitetail hunting is just the ability to just get out there. You know, I can go out and hunt for two or three hours in an evening. It doesn't, it's not like this whole ordeal where I got to pack up all the gear, go out, have a place to stay, you know, walk for 10 miles. I can drive into the area, jump out, hunt for two, three hours, come back. It's just, it's a little bit more conducive with my crazy schedule right now. Um, and it's perfect for what I'm doing down here in Louisiana. So we've got a, it's good to get out. <clears throat> I was uh, linked up with old, old Ron Jitter, John Ritter, we and him were hunting last night. And then I, I might go about back out this evening. I haven't decided yet, but tomorrow there's a big cold front coming in high of 50. It's been in the high eighties here in Louisiana. So that's going to be a big shift. And where we're at in Louisiana has the rut earlier. So that's going to be, uh, it's going to be good. The rut's actually probably we're on probably in pre-rut right now and we'll start seeing rut activity in the next couple days which is awesome yeah man it was 85 here yesterday so the hunting's been slow but it's cooling off now 57 tomorrow 55 monday 30 on wednesday 31 thursday so could be game time man i'm getting a little giddy about it we just finally got all my hung a few new sets this past weekend up in Dahlonega, put out some cameras, um, and the pictures are rolling in. So picked good spots. So that that feels good. That's reassuring. So now I think on this slow Sunday afternoon, I might start getting together my you know end of October, beginning of pre rut gear for these next couple sits coming in um, for this upcoming week. What, uh, are you primarily hunting ladder stands or do you have lock-ons? Like what kind of stand setups are you, are you looking at? Yeah, I'm not mobile at all on the properties I hunt. Um, 
with the access I have and I guess proximity to where I live, I can, I prefer hunting out of a ladder stand anyways. Um, so I can set those up and if I need to move them, I can move them, but set those up in pretty established areas. Cause I have, I'm familiar with the properties over the last 10 years. So I'll have a couple lock-ons, um, that I can hang different sets for and, uh, use for archery in different areas. And then the ladder stands, I, that's kind of like my rifle season spots. Um, but you know, scouting this past weekend, checked out a part of Ed's property actually where we turkey hunted and it was kind of behind where we turkey hunted and found just when it, I've always wanted to figure out how to hunt that hillside. It comes off a really steep ridge. Um, and that property's down in that valley, that, that pasture that we hunted out of. And I've always wanted to figure out how to hunt that ridge, but it's really steep. It's literally the beginning of the Appalachian trail right there. And there's always so much activity in there. A lot of scrapes, a lot of rubs. So I was like, yeah, let me go in here and see if I can try and figure it out this year. And I found a really uh, well-traveled scrape and rub line um, kind of right above, maybe a third of the way up that hill, mountain, foothill thing, right? And we won't call it a mountain. And uh, I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, how can I figure this out? But it's it's so steep. It's hard to figure out how to put a stand in there. So that's where you know, uh, a saddle and a set of climbing sticks would be really crucial. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to play that because you followed the rub trees all the way down to the field edge and there's a massive scrape. I like, I knew it was going to culminate in a massive scrape and that was an awesome reward. Once I got to the field edge, just this huge scrape, really fresh scrape right under this tree. And I was, so I'm trying to work that puzzle in my mind, but yeah, mostly ladder stands except now I wish I had a, I was cool. Like you saddle guys. Do you have any climbers or, uh, any lock-ons that you could have a more mobile setup with? Yeah. So I think I'm going to throw my, I've got a set of climbing sticks, three or four climbing sticks, and then a, a lock-on. I think I'll go hang about 25 yards back from that scrape on the field edge where I can see that path coming in and then also have a visual on that scrape. And then hunt that with the right wind. Hopefully, with this cold front this weekend, that might this this coming week, Friday, it's going to be thirty four. So, I don't know. Fingers crossed, man. That could be really cool. Yeah, that's. I'm down here now, and I'm hunting public land in Louisiana, and it's uh, it's always challenging. I was in Colorado for four months prior to the season, so had no ability to do any sort of scouting. And I got back down here and basically yesterday was my first day even in the training area. I've been in that training area before when I was a lieutenant, you know, coming from Fort Campbell down here to train, but definitely a little bit different now. Um, so it was, uh, it's definitely been interesting. Um, it's tough coming in without scouting. And I think that, you know, a couple of tips that I have that have paid off in the past uh has hasn't yet for my one sit in louisiana but it's just kind of what to look for especially in like kind of deep timber in the south where there's not there's no agriculture there's not really any open pastures um it's just you know timber and what what to look for and kind of what my strategy is and this is what john does as well and it's really you know looking for some sort of uh topography i like to look you know where there's some elevation um drop and then if you can find anywhere where you've got some ridges or a, 
couple ridges coming together with those draws where they're converging. And then ideally you're looking for different transition areas. So the spot that I went last night, I just walked in and then just kept walking until I found over to like my left or my right, excuse me. I had like some early secession. It had been a burn probably two, three years ago. And so it's all that, those young um, brush and trees growing up into that and intermixed with some old plantation pines that have been thinned. And so that's, that's great browse for the deer. They'll eat all that young stuff. Uh, and then down in the bottom, there's a big, big Creek. So in that bottom, it's really thick brush. What you like, you know, what you typically see down there. And it's right at the transition as it goes from the, the conifers into the hardwoods. Um, so that's, that's the kind of the areas that I'm always looking for and just set up, try to get the wind right. You always got to play the wind and, and always check it. Uh, I don't really, I, I still spray with scent control, but I'm not as, I used to be crazy. I would drive to the, you know, to the stand in my, whatever I was going to hunt in my underwear. Ritter still does that. He was stripping down yesterday. I'm like, dude, I don't care. <laughs> uh, it's really just where the wind is and, uh, and play the wind and then just look for those transition areas and then look for sign. I saw some tracks in there and I was like, good enough. Uh, especially for my first sit out. So obviously right now, as you're in, I would really be looking for scrape lines. I didn't have a, the time yesterday. If I get out today, I'll probably go out earlier and then do some walking and try to find some scrape lines. Uh, probably take a leak on all of them or just spray them with some, some uh, buck urine and then circle back around later this evening and try to hunt them. But it really just depending on where you are in the country. And I don't, I'm not familiar with Louisiana. I'm told it's earlier, but if I, this was like back home in Virginia, like where you are, Carter, like right now is kind of hard because the bucks are, they're starting to daylight a little bit, but only mostly it's only the younger ones um, that are really showing that activity. The, the, the big, the, the big boys are still in that feed, rest, feed, rest, rut preparation kind of pattern. They're very predictable, which is good this time of year, but you're only getting tiny windows to be able to, to catch them. Um, you can always get lucky and things shift, but for the most part, that's what those guys are doing. So, uh, it needs to get a little bit later when they all start getting on their feet and really start chasing and sniffing around. But scrape lines, I think right now are a, a great bet. Yeah. All my big boys are about an hour before shooting light currently. Yeah. They know they're smart, right? It's not their, they don't need to be out in the open during the daytime, man. They're just doing well, their thing. You know, and Jeff from Coags and I sat down and we talked about, he was, we were talking about whitetail, mule deer, elk, and it was just stuff I had never really thought about it in that context. It's, you know, in the species, they all are very different and you hunt them differently, but the same general behavior has patterns, which I thought was really uh, interesting, right? Like as they start to, as they go through their progression towards the rut, those bigger mature deer, they need significantly more calories they're the ones that the dominant deer are going to be having that massive load throughout the rut right they're going to be fighting they're going to be running they're going to be breeding all the does and so they have a, a, a biological understanding of this and so they're trying to conserve as many calories as possible and so it's not in in store as many calories as possible so it's not even just the hunting pressure or the the risk of that it's where, where are they going to burn the least amount of calories? They're not going to be on their feet when it's 85 degrees, right? They're not going to be moving around. They're going to be bedded down. They're going to be resting. They're going to be conserving all that energy because they're, they're warm animals. They're big, especially a big buck. The bigger the buck, you know, the more, the more surface area, right? It stands to reason there. And so 
when we start to kind of understand these patterns and that's why those younger bucks start to get up and they start moving a little bit quicker because they're they don't have that caloric load they also or that the, the caloric need and they also don't have quite the uh the experience in that old age and so they're going to get up and they're going to be the ones that are uh sniffing early that's why you see a lot more of that little buck activity and it's really right at that last second and when those those actually start hitting estrus that those big boys will start getting on their feet um so that's uh just because you see some deer chasing doesn't mean necessarily that uh the rut is on and that's been something that i've mistaken in the past so what kind of uh, gear are you carrying in at this point in time? Yeah, I've got – my setup isn't exactly how I want it right now, but I've got it relatively dialed in because I was, I was running pretty mobile before. So I've got a uh, tree saddle that I run. I'm, I utilize tethered, and I've got the, uh, the one sticks. I've got three. I actually just ordered an eighter, which is basically a uh, nylon strap but I can hang on the last step to then give me some more height because three sticks is it's enough. Usually for me, I actually have a silly climbing technique uh, that I've developed where I actually use a knee. And so I can get them a little bit higher because I got short stumpy legs. Um, so I can climb up with a knee. It hurts like shit. Cause you're, you're putting your knee on those like metal pieces, but um, ho- hopefully with this aider that's coming in uh, tomorrow, actually that I'll, I'll have a little bit of more height on those sticks, but I also, I'm not one of these guys that needs to get 30 feet up in the air. Depending on the, the topography, I've really started to try to utilize terrain to get me higher. So if you can sit up and actually be on like right on that corner of a ridge line, or if there's a depression down into a creek, like I can be 10 foot up in the tree and still be 30 feet above the bottom that I'm looking into. And so I think there's some benefit to utilizing your, your terrain too. But, um, but yeah, I've got the tree saddle tethered one stick i'm running running uh or the tethered one sticks running three of those i've got i utilize a bad lens uh i don't remember the the model caroline got it for me for christmas a couple years ago but i really like it i want to make some modifications to it but it's uh it's a fanny pack but it's pretty big and it can strap around the tree and then one of the zips you unzip it and it opens up into a big basket which is like super cool so i can set my thermocell water bottle you know phone like whatever can just be sat in there so like everything's because i'm always like a you know you get into the tree stand or you get into the saddle or you get you know on your hang on or whatever and like it's like where do i put my shit you know it's like this is like a really nice piece to have everything kind of set there organized and you can get out and really it's conducive to long sits because i can have a thermos full of coffee if i'm hunting cold mornings i can throw my you know my lunch if i'm gonna think i'm gonna do a dark to dark sit or anything like that so i really dig that uh, that bag um, I do want to make a modification because uh, I want to be able to strap it because it doesn't have shoulder straps. I want to try to be able to rig it up so it can it'll connect to my bino harness. And so then it'll sit it up a little bit. So that's going to be a project whenever I get back home to have the sewing machine in the off season is try to rig that up a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's the, the basic setup. And then I use, I don't remember, it's like the gear tether from, and then I, there's a, uh, Genesis 3D printing makes a bunch of attachments. It's this guy who started mm. his little business for uh, tree stands and or saddle hunting and mobile hunting setups. And so I've got these two hooks that, that go in there uh, and they're good for a bow, but they're also good for when you're rifle hunting. 
you can have them on the tree and it gives you a little bit of a rest depending on the angle that from the saddle so i actually really like that and then you can hang the rifle off that too um so that just gives a just allows you know to be a, a little more more stable uh, when, when shooting from a saddle because it's a little bit difficult Yeah, yeah it's something big. I've never tried, man. Yeah, man, you should. Uh, I think maybe for rendezvous, I'll ask Perry if I could borrow his or something and give it a whirl. Yeah, I'll bring mine too, um, and you can definitely try them out. It's one more thing to buy. Yeah. Oh yeah, and dude, it's 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 a whole. Yeah. Because well, everybody's setups different. Like John and I yeah. run different setups. Perry and I run different setups. Evan, like it's all going to be customized to you and how you want to move, how you want to. Like I want less shit, but then I feel like I always got too much, and so I'm always, I'm looking to streamline. I want to carry less straps everywhere. Like I, dude, yeah. I, I was trying to climb up. <laughs> John was funny. I was like, dude, I haven't touched this stuff in two years. He's like, you better leave extra early because it could take you 40 minutes to get into the tree and he yeah. it wasn't quite that long but it took me a hot minute because like i just hadn't climbed in a while and like just knowing where you have all your shit set where your ropes are where's your lineman's belt you know like just the general where all your stuff is on your person i highly recommend that people <laughs> climb a bunch before they go hunting I, i've climbed in the past and like it came back and i was safe uh, I was much more safe than I've been in previous years of my life. Um, I only had one sketch moment where I had to completely <laughs> detach everything because I was <laughs> off some tree limbs. But there's been a lot of guys in the Southeast chat pushing out. I guess there's been some some friends of friends falling in tree stands and stuff. So that's been it's been uh, going through the channels for the team of making sure everybody's tying in. And, you know, I think getting a little older especially having kids, you realize you can't take some of these stupid risks. When I was younger, I never harnessed in ever. Um, definitely not in a ladder stand, but I mean, I would run a climber and not be tied in. I'd run. Yeah. Just silly. So, um, definitely need to make sure we're doing the the right thing and being safe. Cause that shit can get bad. I think it was what Forrest, one of his buddies just broke his back. Yeah. Not a good way to, uh, End your hunt, man. No, it wasn't Forrest. It was uh, Chris. I think it was Chris, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, one of the guys from their lease just fell and broke his back. Like, that fucking sucks, man. Yeah. Yeah, that would way suck. Yeah. What uh, what camera setups are you running, man? Um, <clears throat> I have converted completely to reveal cell cameras on all the properties that I hunt. And so I just bought a bunch and got those set up. I'm trying out the rechargeable battery packs right now. Really curious about those to see how long those last. Got those in there. It's nice. Uh, batteries get expensive really quickly. So we'll see if they hold a charge long enough. They're sending great pictures, um, which is awesome. So got them all set up. I have on each property i have at least one on a scrape and a travel corridor and then i have a one on trying to get as much field of vision as possible on whatever's in front of the stand just trying to collect data i haven't hunted either of those properties in two years since i've been hunting at the house so much um so we're just trying to collect data but those reveal cams are unreal 
I mean, it's crazy. Like I used to have to drive all the way out there to pull SIM cards and <laughs> it feels antiquated now. And now, like you, like you just mentioned, like I have two kids now and like I'm busier than I ever have been. It's not always conducive. And it's one of the reasons why I haven't hunted those properties in two years. Um, even though it's only an hour away, that's a, that's a lot of time to get up there and go up there and pull cards and bring them back. And so anyways, the reveal cams have been phenomenal. So that's been a huge value add this past year. Have you had any issues with bears tearing them up? Not yet, but the property I just put them on Ed's property, it's going to happen for sure. Longtime listeners yeah. will also remember my favorite episode, six minute, six generation mountain trash way early on in the days. Um, I've had a lot of <laughs> trail cams and shit stolen from that property too, from the neighbors. So uh, reveal makes a, a lockbox, and they make trespassing signs that are basically like smile. You're on camera kind of things. So I put up some deterrence this year. Uh, well, that's, that's the awesome. other thing too. I was telling you yesterday, like if they come and steal it, it's set up in a spot where I'll have a picture of them at least. Well, the Reveal Pro has a GPS tracker in it. So yeah. if they steal it, you can give it to the police and they can actually go recover it. Yep. Which is incredible. Way cool. Way cool. Yeah. It's uh it's badass. Yeah, I'm a big fan. We're um we're actually dealers now for Tacticam and Reveal, which is awesome. We only sell them to the team for basically our cost plus a little bit uh but we might open that up later because we have a few extra cameras we need to clear out but i'm a big fan you know it for any sort of one if you're busy as hell like we are and then two if you're remote which you know i just finally got my family farm fully under lease which is awesome um going forward and then this is a separate one. This is my, my old man's side of the family, a uh, separate one from the one that Perry and I and Evan have grown up hunting on. But it's going to be so much easier to be in. I can sit in Colorado and then manage, you know, yep. get fucking pictures of bucks and stuff to me. That's going to be pretty awesome. I'm pretty stoked for it. Yeah. Checking those two properties also made me put two more items back in my pack. Um, folding saw like a small hand saw hadn't checked a couple of those stands in a minute um climbed up in them checked them and that's going in my pack so when you're there and hunting you can adjust which will pay dividends later in the season so i have a fiskers folding saw and then uh i'm gonna start carrying my grunt tube with me i use a illusion systems extinguisher the black one i'm gonna start carrying that for the remainder of the season just some maybe some light grunts here at the beginning. Um, sometimes I mostly think it's just to keep me from getting bored, gives me something to do every once in a while, but I've had good success grunting in bucks, even if it's fun, it's fun messing with the younger bucks too. So, um, those are going in my pack for the rest of the season. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a big fan. One, I definitely needed a saw the other day. I forgot a saw and I forgot a hoist. So that was not fun climbing. I got to, when I finally got to where I was getting, I was sweating my ass off and was dying because I had my pack on with the rifle strapped to it, trying to climb. There's tree limbs that I was like trying to weave around. It was, it was sketched. So yeah, the folding saw, 
I'm a big fan of. You can pick trees, especially down here in Louisiana, Georgia, you know, kind of more in the deep south. Um, you can definitely pick, you know, there's plantation pines, uh, yellow pine, where you can just go straight up on them. But um, it's just good to have it in, in case you do need it because it can make your life a lot easier to, to clear it out. Plus, if you're hunting and you're you're getting into some hardwoods, and you're when, even if you can climb and go around the limbs, just when you get set up, you can drop a couple, open up some shooting lanes. Um, now, you know, know your local regulations. Some areas you can't, you're not supposed to drop a limb or two. I don't think it's that big of a deal, but I don't set the rules. Um, but uh, they didn't ask us. Yeah, they didn't ask us. Man, I've I uh, back in Virginia, I was having a lot of good uh, results, just running a little bit of a, a drag line coming in with some of the Tinks estrus dough, Classic. and and then just hanging that in, dude. It is so cool when you watch a buck just moving, and then he hits that drag line. And then just immediately, like, just stops on a fucking dime and then just comes right at you on a rope. It's really cool. Um, So this is definitely the time to be using that. I think guys overuse it. You know, it needs to it needs to seem real. Um, What I'll do is I'll run a piece of like 550 cord. I'll use I use tampons, actually. So I'll take you can buy the wicks, but like they're expensive. Tampons are way cheaper. And I'll just tie it to that 550 cord. Have, I don't know, 10 feet behind me coat that tampon and the dough urine and then just walk and then just drag it. Um, I try to do it in an area where I think like you've seen traffic. So it feels like a natural movement and, you know, rolling that is a, it's, it's been pretty good. And then I don't hang it right where I'm at. Right. You walk it in and then hang it kind of in that spot uh, up in the tree uh, where you have a good shooting uh, line of sight to that. And then go back into your, uh, into your stand. Yep. Yeah, it's fixing to heat up a little bit, and that's what makes whitetail hunting so addicting and fun. Yeah, this is prime time. I mean, we're. Yeah. I'm excited. It'll be cool to hunt down here in Louisiana. I've got no large aspirations with the lack of preparation I've done to hunt down here. But if I, you know, if I can kill something, the one thing that's weird down here, and I think it's just the WMAs we're hunting, but after today, you can't shoot does. It's buck only, which is weird for whitetailing. But I, I don't know. It's probably because all the pressure that they, these WMAs get. Yeah. Buck only. But it's any buck. No antler restrictions. So there ain't a forky that's safe. Oh, I hope you get one down there, man. Yeah, it'd be it'd be cool. I'm not I'm not really sweating it. Um, not in the meat crisis that I was. Now that we got an antelope and a, a mule deer down and. Still got two more tags down in uh, Colorado, back in Colorado, here in a couple weeks. I'm stoked for that one. A lot of season left. Oh, yeah. Well, there was a, that was more of like a fucking bullshit episode than a, like, <laughs> than a true tips, but that was good. It's, it's fun getting back into the whitetail woods. I feel like I'm coming home. Back to your roots. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Well, cool. You got anything to round us out? No, <laughs> as always, which is a really uh, common thread here, but just prepare, prepare more than Carter and I do. 
you know, take the time to actually prep. Yep. Don't wait until the season starts. Um, just get get after it and and check your gear. Always check your stands. Use your safety harnesses. If you have stands that are up, you leave them up year round. That's fine. Check those straps, and every couple of years, add a strap. Right, like we'll just we do that. And the tree will start growing around one, and you just add another strap to it, and it just kind of is what it is. It becomes part of the property. Uh, but just don't don't take that shit for granted, especially on hang-ons. Ladder stands are at least leaned up against, but just be careful out there. A lot of guys this time of year and gals get get hurt in tree stands, and it can be life-altering. Um, you know paralysis or even death so really be safe take care of yourselves make sure you're checking all your equipment checking your gear and good luck i mean this is we're getting into prime time for whitetails this is this is the fun this is the fun part that's right yeah good luck to everybody listening appreciate the hell out of you guys and we'll talk to you well whoa 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 team applications luke oh yeah yeah Go apply for the team if you're interested in building a or getting to be a part of a community and helping build a community that centers around this lifestyle. You know, um, go to the website under the Our Team tab and read it all. Make sure that's something you're interested in and drop an application. We're actually leaving a couple slots open a week open probably for the rest of the year. We're trying to kind of a trickle instead of opening them up and just getting bombarded with a couple hundred interviews. We're going to try to do a little trickle uh interview deal so we'll see how this goes and maybe it's what we do going forward maybe we'll we'll pivot again but yeah we're we're stoked we just added i think probably around 40 new folks uh this past week and we're just gonna keep growing um if, if you're into this sort of thing hit us up yep yep as always appreciate the hell out of you guys we'll talk to you next week <laughs>